Hello, and welcome to our first Accidental Marketer podcast. I'm Mary Abazia. I'm co-author of the book, The Accidental Marketer, and I'm joined by Tom Spitali and Sean Wellham. Uh, Tom is my co-author and business partner, and Sean heads up our European operations, our consulting firm, Impact Planning Group. Hi, Tom. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey. So the purpose of this podcast is to provide accidental marketers with a resource that will help them grow professionally as marketers. Now, this may be you, or you may be fortunate enough to work with these types of uh, accidental marketers. So we will be addressing specific topics that, that you request. So let us know what you'd like to tackle. Um, this first episode is to discuss, you know, what is an accidental marketer? And uh, even, even more importantly is why are they relevant in today's economy? So I'm really interested in, uh, Tom, would you uh, let us know what your thoughts are on this? Well, yeah, when I first, I guess, suggested the term for the book, um, I was just thinking really about the kind of people that we ha had been seeing for years and years in our workshops here, people who had technical but not marketing backgrounds. And it seemed like more and more as uh, products you know, are getting more and more technical, those were the kinds of people that were being hired into marketing roles. And um, I, I think the term accidental marketer has had some unintended mostly good consequences for us. But I'm really interested in what Sean has to say, because Sean, I know when we first suggested the term, you had some reservations about it. Yeah, I well, you know, it, it wasn't so much the, the reservations. It was, I mean, I knew exactly what we meant, right? Because we've seen these type of people, highly skilled, highly competent, but maybe a little bit new to marketing. So I sort of got it. My, my concern was how it would project, you know, how it would be perceived. Um, I, I just got hung up on the on the, the accidental part of it, right? I mean, if you say to someone, "I've had an accident," they don't tend to say, "Oh, great." You know, they tend to say, "You know, was it a good accident?" They don't. They assume it's a negative thing. And and I was just thinking that that it would imply maybe that someone was undeserving. I don't know that that fell into the job. And I guess nobody, you know, none of us like to think that, right? We like to think we're masters of our own destiny. But, but you know, I think, I think I've changed my position a little bit because I, I've spoken to various people and, and they kind of like it. It resonates. You know, it, 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 they say, look, I didn't plan necessarily to be here, but I, I am here and, and, and this is sometimes how it feels. You know, I, I, I maybe feel like I, I'm, um, I'm doing a job that I never intended, hence the accidental thing. Not unqualified, not undeserving, just maybe unexpected. Yeah, and, I think and, it's, and it's, I, Sean, I think it's a little bit risky. And I think maybe that's why it kind of works. I mean, that you, you, you talk about how people might, you know, take it negatively, the, the term accidental. But I, but I guess what I found, and Mary, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about this, but I, I think it seems to ignite a desire in people to figure out what is this? What, what do they mean by that? And as they, you know, ask and, and dig a little bit deeper and try to find out what we mean by accidental marketer, I think a lot of people find out that either they are one, and those are the people that really love the term, but I think they, th those that have been in marketing for a while realize that they work with a lot of people, maybe within marketing or cross-functionally, people that they have and other functional areas have to convince of strategies or convince of things. And they, they find that they're, they're surrounded by a lot of accidental marketers. And I think as they dig a little deeper, they, they, they have a more positive connotation of the term. What, what do you think, Mary? 
Yeah, I, I like what you guys are saying. For me, it made a lot of sense because we looked around and so much of the work that we do is in the the business to business, B2B and you know, even heavy industrial. And we're around engineers all the time. And I think for me, it was pretty amazing to see that some of the, the best marketers are actually um, don't have even a, a, a traditional marketing background. And so that it made a lot of sense once I thought about our target audience. We were trying to use the discipline of segmentation and targeting. And once we started, we did, you know, the classic ask people what they think. And when we looked at them and said, do you know any accidental marketers? They'd always laugh and go, ah, have I have a story for you? So it it just seemed to to fit even with the types of people that we work with. So, um, so I'm gonna. I, I, while we're talking about definitions, I really, um, I'd like to get a little deeper into this. Uh, there's a, a term that we often use called the orchestrator, and um, especially for an accidental marketer because they don't do everything, but they're they're like the master of ceremonies in a lot of ways. And we're wondering, uh, Sean, what do you think makes this an important concept within the realm of marketing? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that marketing suffers from generally is is this. Um, uh, a, a little bit too much focus. What, what I call uh, maybe even isolationism. I mean, that's probably too strong a word, right? But somehow they, they marketing seems to uh, own the failures. You know, not everything works. That's marketing. You've got to experiment, and the failures tend to come home to roost. But when you get successful, it tends to be shared. You've never heard that saying, right? That that success has got many parents and failure is an orphan. It kind of feels that way, and I think that you know that marketing role has to be pivotal in the organization mm -hmm. and sometimes somebody that has a broader background maybe has built up a, um, a a position within the firm or within their industry in a different discipline is really well positioned to be that and I, I love this idea of orchestration I can't get out of my head this picture of a full-blown symphony orchestra representing the business you know and someone is there with the bat on keeping time and 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 coordinating the efforts and that to me is is a critical part of the marketing role not just to share success but to share the process but that, you know we and, see and sometimes that, that to me is is the role yeah and i guess i it, I, I agree sean and i think that we see so often that it, marketing is the is the opposite of the orchestrator look in especially in b2b business to business uh, sales is such a powerful function um, you know, these are high ticket technical items and nothing, as they say, happens until somebody sells somebody something. And so the sales function is so powerful. It's almost like the marketing role gets subjugated to this idea of sales assistants or, or collateral makers. We, we call that marketing with a small M. And I think a lot of the work that we do comes from organizations that realize that marketing's underpotentialized. They want the marketers to have a more of a traditional role, what we might call marketing with a big M, where the marketers, instead of just creating collateral, what they're really doing is leading the company's cross-functional plan. Uh, they're figuring out what products the company should make, you know, um, how those products should be positioned, what the segments and targets should be for the organization. And that's that's a long way from where marketers are you know today in many business to business organizations you see the same thing mary <laughs> you know what's funny as i'm listening to you guys um i think of this well-tuned orchestra and yet i think that in the marketing world 
there's always somebody that has their instrument out of tune or, <laughs> so it's, it's not that smooth. It's a hard job, but boy, when we do see, as you're saying, you know, using the big M and the little M to, uh, to really help the organization, because they say marketing is too important for just marketers to do. And in this case, as you guys are describing, making sure that everyone is synced up and, and ultimately the customer, you know, wins. Hopefully the customer wins and the company wins. But I think it's, when it's, but I think it's well. really important question, guys, you, you know, why, why should marketing aspire? If you're a, a marketer or, um, you know, a marketing executive, why should you aspire for marketing to be the, the capital M? You know, s somewhere somebody's making these kinds of decisions in an organization, you think, <laughs> you hope. So why, why should it be marketing? I think somebody yeah, you should know. be the, oh, I, I think somebody should be the no, advocate for the, the customer, you know, and, and I, I assume that marketing in whatever way they are, accidental market or otherwise, somebody has to sit in that conference room and be the voice of the customer, or bring the voice of the customer in to some of the big decisions that get made. So, you know, it's not their job alone, but it is their job to make sure that everyone has that in mind as they think about what they should be doing on a daily basis and, and even longer term. So, Sean, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, you know what? You, you really made the point I wanted to make too, because really, who should it be? Well, it, it could be anybody, right? It could be the CEO that has that coordinating role. But what, what we like to think, what I like to think is that is exactly your point, Mary, that, that finance and operations and, and even HR, they've all got a seat at the table, right? They all have their particular area of responsibility. But who is the customer's representative on that in that boardroom? You know, and that is the natural fit for marketing and to advocate for that because ultimately every business is whether it's a marketing plan or it's operating plan it it depends on delivering value to customers there's no secret in that that's not revelation but someone has to be that voice so so if not marketing then who i think it's the perfect the perfect role to 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 pull those threads sean, together sean you you recently uh worked with a group that felt i guess fair to say a little bit beat down as marketers and was you know we're, we're, we're trying to kind of you know gain some some footing as a more po powerful force in the organization can you talk a little bit about that because it was an interesting situation yeah, it was. It was very, you know what, strangely and sadly, not that unusual, right? We've all seen these situations where marketing feels either under siege or under pressure to deliver something remarkable. But but they felt in particular that they were having success and then, you know, budgets maybe were being cut or focus was being shifted elsewhere. And that's part of the rough and tumble of business. Priorities do shift. They, they understood that. What they really wanted was to to have the tools to convince and convey their message uh some process right some some structure to their thinking that could enable them to to present their particular activities in a way that that people could could get and you know what not, not that i want to stereotype but your your finance guys and your risk guys in the room don't want to see you know fancy vision statements as much as they want to see a spreadsheet a bar chart a, a line that goes up if if that's what they intend and it helped them communicate that that sort of thing and and it wasn't so much the the credibility they had it was almost the ability to communicate in a way that resonated and translate it. And that's what we really helped them with. It gave them a voice. It it's a it's voice. really a great point. I mean, it, it kind of, uh, to me, represents why 
what we're doing with accidental marketers really resonates because you, you do have, okay, first of all, you have a lot of marketers whose background is engineering or something technical, and they're used to frameworks and processes to kind of reach decisions. And the thing about marketing um, is that so many people think it's, it's, it's obtuse. What did Dilbert say, Mary? It was marketing is liquor and guessing, I think was, was the cartoon in <laughs> Dilbert. And, and, and what an accidental marketer does with our frameworks is it, it, they, it, it's, it's explicit how decisions are, are being made. So they learned how to articulate um, how they reach a certain strategic decision and also how to communicate that decision and the steps in that decision to a broader cross-functional audience so that people can see in any kind of marketing decision, whether it's segmentation or targeting or positioning, really how, how did a marketer come to at least a, you know, some kind of strategy hypothesis and others can fully participate in that process using tools and frameworks. So I think that's why what we do works very well with accidental marketers. Do you know what's interesting about that, Tom, if you think about it? What, what sort of jobs did a lot of the accidental marketers that we work with have before they became marketers? What do you see? Well, I see many, many, many of them are, are, are engineers. We're, we're engineers. are classically right. trained um, engineers. Some of them come by way of the sales force, but I would have to say that, that more of them have technical backgrounds. Mary, is that your experience too? Exactly. And, and financial, you know, if um, depending on the industry that we're in, but definitely more um, classically trained in their in their field um, other than marketing. But yet when they get in, I mean, my favorite one of my favorite um, accidental marketers was an attorney is an attorney still. And uh, he used the tools and orchestrated the whole organization to think so much different about what they were doing. It was phenomenal. So. Um, yeah, you, if you're an accidental marketer and you use these tools to enhance what you're already doing and help the organization, it's, it is quite transformational. Oh. And that's really my point, because as, as Tom said, and you said, Mary, these are professional people, engineers. I've also seen a lot of scientists, you know, people coming from, particularly in the medical and the veterinarian mm -hmm. space, yeah. a lot of scientists. And, and these people grew up on, on, on rational use of of numbers on quantification so a lot of our pro i mean some people might think it's process heavy but it really isn't it just it just it just puts concepts into an analytical format and that's what people seem to love about it that's the one thing i've always found to be the the, the breakthrough moment when people see that these ideas can be translated into a process that's fairly i think robust. that's our new yeah. i think that should be our new tagline it's not liquor and guessing. Which is that? <laughs> is that the follow-up to the accidental marketer? I may have an issue with that also, Tom, oh, but we'll save that for a few Yes. You could say liquor and guessing um, are more fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's um, one, one final question I have. Given our conversation, you're a hiring manager, let's say, and one of our, our clients and they can either hire somebody that is classically trained marketer, you know, has the traditional background, not necessarily the technical, but, you know, but, but it is a, it's a technical company, but, you know, you have somebody that's very good at 
you know, the classic marketing, or you have somebody that is an accidental marketer. You know, they have the technical skills, but they're lacking some of the, the, the marketing skills. What, what should a client do in that situation? Who should they hire if they have to choose between those two? Sean, would love to hear what you think about that. Well, you know, I, I'm, um, I don't want to sound like too much of a traditionalist, but relevant experience and prior success is, is going to trump potential every time. You know, no one has the, the appetite for risk. So if you have a, a candidate that has the experience and has, has demonstrated a track record, then that's your hire, right? Let's be realistic. At least that's, that's my perspective. But of course, that isn't often the case. That doesn't always work. So if, if you're looking at, at, at qualities, I wouldn't be as... I wouldn't draw the demarcation between accidental or or, or classically trained. Mm-hmm. I would say, look, if you if you can understand the customer experience because you know your industry and market, if you've got a passion for change and for improvement and and the ability, and this is key, the ability to work with other people, you get those qualities in the same person. I think everything else can be taught. So in my way, it, it's like you've got to have those foundation stones. And I would argue maybe, as you've put me on the spot here, that those qualities are probably more likely to be found in somebody that fits our description of an accidental marketer. But uh, I'd still keep an open mind. I'd say get those qualities, train the rest. It's, it's teachable. Mm, good point, Tom. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. But I think most people, when they're hiring, they have a gut feel about who they should hire. And they're kind of looking for, you know, a reason <laughs> to, to support their decision. And a lot of times, you know, when, when they, they really think that somebody without the marketing background is a candidate and they like them, they, they still go with more of an experienced marketer just because they just feel like there's such a, you know, a, a big distance between what this person knows and and what they need to know to be an effective marketer. I guess we have seen, we're biased because we've seen how fast accidental marketers with the right tools and process can become productive. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, I, I would say if you, if you knew how, the right tools and frameworks can help make somebody um, strong. And you had the gut feeling (laughs) that the lesser experienced person was was the right candidate for the job, I think you would probably make some some different decisions than than you do right now. What do you think, Mary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you guys raised some really good points on this. So I, you know, I, a lot of times it depends on what kind of an organization you're trying to hire into. If you do have some mentors or somebody that can guide guide that person if they don't have all the skills, that, that helps. But um, often that's not the case. So... <laughs> Um, so this has been a great discussion. We, uh, we appreciate you all joining us today for this podcast, and uh, we would love to address any of your accidental marketer topics. So please let us know what you'd like to, to hear about, and uh, we wish you success. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. <laughs>